Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for this Friday, April 28th edition of the Broomfield Enterprise. My name is Elaine. Today we will be reading from the following main articles. Broomfield Police Seeking Catalytic Converter Theft Suspects Season Pass Sales Help Vail Overcome Early Season Disruptions And the Community Forum on High Potency THC Products is set for Broomfield Community Broomfield Survey opens online on Wednesday And the Broomfield events for this week and Carrie Pettis, the bookwoman this week, writes about connecting the past and the present. And Kelly Rowski with People and Plants this year, this week rather, Job's Tears. These and other articles. The Broomfield Police Department is seeking community help identifying suspects in a catalytic converter theft. The theft, which occurred Sunday night between 11.24 and 11.28 p.m., occurred in the RTD parking lot located at 5000 West Midway Boulevard. The suspects were seen in a gold or tan Chevy Silverado with a noticeable dent on the rear passenger right side of the door. In a Facebook post made by the department, one of the subjects and drivers also said to possibly have a tattoo on his left arm that might say Reese. Anyone with further information is asked to call Detective Gann at 720-887-5229 or email bagann at broomfield.org. Season Pass Sales Help Vail Overcome Early Season Disruptions Vail Resorts Incorporated has seen its 2022-23 season to date skier visits and sales tick up modestly compared to last season despite weather and travel disruptions during the 2022 holiday season, a period that's typically critical for Vail's early season success. Total skier, skier visits were up 6.1% compared to the prior year season-to-date period. Lift ticket revenue was up 4%. Ski school revenue was up 26.5%. And dining revenue was up 35%. Improved performance was driven in part by favorable late-season conditions as many of Vail Resorts areas and the company said it has bounced back from its pandemic era staffing crisis. Our strong season pass sales results prior to the start of this season significantly mitigated the negative impacts from weather and peak holiday travel disruptions, highlighting the stability created by our advanced commitment strategy. This according to Vail CEO Kristen Lynch. Community Forum on High Potency THC Products is set for Broomfield. An open community forum to discuss the effects of high potency THC products on children in the Broomfield community is scheduled for May 4th 
from 6 to 8 p.m. The Parents Engagement Network will host the event at Broomfield Heights Middle School. The event aims to educate the public and answer questions related to high-potency THC products. The forum will include a panel of experts and a community Q&A session after the discussion. The main focus is on these products' effects on children and teens, but will expand to cover the effects on the general community. The event is free and open to the public, but registration is recommended to reserve a spot. Registration is available online at tinyurl.com forward slash mt5xua2n. Broomfield events for this week on Tuesday, Guided Group Healing. In the group energy balancing sessions, participants will receive energy through a guided healing meditation in a group format. This will be held at 11 a.m. Tuesday at the Healing Studio 18 Garden Center in Broomfield. Prices range between $20 and $110. For more information, you can go to InsightfulInspirations.com. Wednesday, 100 Women Who Care Quarterly Meeting. 100 Women Who Care is a community of women who join together to collectively support nonprofits in Broomfield. The group turns each individual $100 donation into thousands of dollars by harnessing the power of the members. They will meet at 5.30 p.m. on Wednesday at the Chateau at Fox Meadows, 13600 Xavier Lane in Broomfield. The event is free. On Thursday, Solar Speak Toastmasters build and improve public speaking skills with this class. Solar Speak is a diverse group of local men and women, all committed to helping each other reach their communication goals, whether personal, professional, or both. The meeting will be at 7 p.m. Thursday at the Broomfield Community Center, 280 Spader Way in Broomfield, and this event is free. For more information, you can go to solarspeak.toastmastersclub.org. Friday, connecting with the guides, learn what it means to be in contact with the subtle energy fields and how tuned in each individual is to themselves. Each individual will, will receive a reading and get to witness the power of tapping into the fields to create a space for healing. This will be at 6 p.m. on Friday at the Healing Studios 18 Garden Center in Broomfield and the cost is $75. Terrestrial Aesthetics Open Art Gallery. During this three-day community event, you can visit the art gallery, explore interactive art, and enjoy a show by Extended Stay. 5 p.m. Friday at the Flatirons Crossing Mall, 1 West Flatiron Crossing Drive in Broomfield. And this event is free. For more information, you can go to wellspringtheater.org. On Saturday, Bare Knuckle Fighting, BKFC star Platinum Mike Perry welcomes former UFC middleweight champion Luke Rockhold to the squared circle in the main event. In the 
Co-main event, Chad Money Mendez takes on former UFC lightweight champion Eddie Alvarez. This will be at 4.30 p.m. on Saturday at the First Bank Center, 11450 Broomfield Lane in Broomfield. For more information, go to firstbankcenter.com. Carrie Pettis, the bookwoman, this week talks about connecting the past and the present. The book this week is Back to the Garden by Lori R. King. This novel is divided into then and now sections. In the now parts, California Police Inspector Raquel Lang is trying to solve numerous cold case murders. Then is the 1970s when hippies, free love, marijuana, and communes were all the rage. A number of young women, many of them hitchhikers, disappeared then and are now part of Lang's cold cases. She suspects there are serial murderers linked to the highwayman, and she even has a suspect, an elderly convict now dying in a nursing home. The focus of the investigation is in the Gardner estate, once a wealthy businessman's home and now a museum. A body has recently been discovered there and Lang connects with the museum staff in order to access their historical files. She wants to see if she can link up her cold cases to this body. At one time, the estate was taken over by a commune, thanks to Rob Gardner, heir to the mansion. He was a recently returned Vietnam vet who had chosen to drop out. He opened the mansion to his hippie friends he is among Lang's numerous suspects as she combs through the old records of the estate. Normally, I dislike books that skip back and forth in time, but this one works. And there's a big surprise just before the ending that I didn't see coming. Lori R. King is best known for her Mary Russell mysteries. Russell is the wife of Sherlock Holmes in the book. This, however, is a standalone mystery. This week, Kelly Rowski writes about people and plants and Job's tears. During the pandemic, when we were all quarantined at home, I got hooked on watching various Korean television series through one of our streaming services. Recently, I was quickly reading subtitles when one of the characters fixed herself a cup of Job's Tears tea. I had to replay the scene because anything with the word tea in it usually gets my attention. Job's Tears is also known as Adlai Millet. Millets include a variety of agricultural plants, most of which are grasses. Millets are mostly thought of as cereal grains. Job's tears differs from typical cereal grains in that they have small rounded seeds versus the typical elongated pointed seeds. The plant is native to Southeast Asia but has become naturalized in the Southern United States. Job's Tears has been used for centuries in Ayurvedic and traditional Chinese medicine as a mild sedative and a treatment for diabetes, rheumatism, internal parasites, 
musculoskeletal pain, and more. The seeds, leaves, and roots of Job's tears are historically taken as a tea or used externally as an antiseptic. The edible seeds are reported to have some nutritional value. Some varieties of this plant have seeds that are used for jewelry. In the Cherokee Nation and the Eastern Band of Cherokee, the beads of Job's tears are used in personal attire. It appears that the Job's Tears tea that I saw on the Korean show was likely made of Job's Tears, walnuts, and almonds. Other ingredients such as barley, brown rice, or sesame seeds may be included as well. It is also sometimes called Adlai tea. WebMD shares that Job's Tears has been used for hay fever, high cholesterol, cancer, and other health issues. However, they state there is no good scientific evidence to support the claims. Eleven Broomfield students gear up for a trip to Japan. From trinket shopping to the value of cultural exchange, eleven area Broomfield high schoolers have a lot to gain from a trip to Ueda, Japan. The biggest part of what we expect the students to get out of this experience with the Japanese people, said Junko Goodwin, chair of Broomfield Sister Cities, the organization sending the teens abroad. Sightseeing and history is important, but to get to know the true lifestyle and what people think and what they do every day and the lifetime experience as a friend, not just a guest or tourist, is what's really important. As part of Sister Cities International, Broomfield has had a sister city since 2001. Originally sisters with Maruko, Japan, Broomfield became sisters with Ueda when Maruko and other smaller towns were absorbed into the larger city of Ueda in 2006. For the last 22 years, Broomfield has been hosting Japanese exchange students and sending Broomfield students to Japan. This year's trip will take place from July 26th through August 6th, and students will spend three days in Tokyo before heading to Ueda. While there, Goodwin explained that they'll participate in a variety of cultural activities, including traditional archery, fencing, and a visit to the Buddhist Zenkoji Temple. In addition, students will attend the Ueda Summer Festival, complete with a parade, shopping, food, and fireworks. They will also learn the basics of Japanese lifestyle, living with their host families and learning the language, but Goodwin knows that the impact of this trip will extend beyond what they experience while in Japan. It's not just the experience in these 10 days, but to keep the relationship going and understand what their differences and similarities are. And when it comes to conflict, which sometimes happens, they will go back to this friendship where they understood the people-to-people -people connections, she said. The students are just as excited for the trip as Goodwin and are eager to learn more about the Japanese culture. And in Zimmerman, an 11th grader at Legacy High School, has hosted two exchange students from Japan. He explained that he finds things such as cultural differences and history fascinating. But 
is really looking forward to the food. Ramen is my favorite, so definitely that. I'm also interested in what's unique to them and what you can only find there, he said. Owen Ledbetter, a 10th grader also at Legacy, will be going on the trip as well. He was introduced to the program by Zimmerman and is eager to learn about Japanese fashion and to go shopping. He said he's most excited for the three days the group will be spending in Tokyo. I've always seen pictures and it seems fascinating. I'm excited to see all the technology and learn about the culture. Rachel Maria, a senior at Legacy, learned about the program from her family who has hosted Japanese students before. She'll be following in her sister's footsteps as she visited Japan a number of years prior. Maria has been researching art museums she wants to visit and expressed an interest in shopping as well. I want to see all the trinkets and they have cool candy flavors you can't find in America, she said. From now until the trip, the students will continue their linguistic and cultural training and preparation. They will also continue discussing the exact details and decide on a complete itinerary. Boulder Sister Cities will be holding a kite workshop where they'll build and paint a kite and fly it at the Bruner Farmhouse on May 7th to raise awareness of the program and fundraise for the trip. For more information, you can contact BroomfieldSC at gmail.com. Local theater troupe explores unique whodunit mystery. The Broomfield Community Players present Cat's Cradle. Seven years ago, Broomfield spoke up about what it felt it was lacking in the city, resulting in community theater troupe that's made a lasting impact. There was this big citywide survey asking what Broomfield wanted to see in the community, and a big response was community theater, according to Joe Ramsey, the director of the Broomfield Community Players. Ramsey spent 37 years as an English and theater teacher, but once she retired, she longed to return to theater. As luck would have it, the Broomfield Community Players, the local community theater group, was making their debut in 2016, and Ramsey has been involved ever since. Housed under the Broomfield Council on the Arts and Humanities, the community players present three shows per year, one of which Ramsey directs. In their upcoming show, Cat's Cradle, Ramsey and her team will present a unique kidnapping mystery. The play takes place in the remote village of Waverton, England in 1982. Twelve years prior to the events of the play, a six-month-old boy is kidnapped, leading to an intense police investigation, but the mystery is never solved. The lead detective, John Frost, then returns to the town 12 years later to try one last time to solve the case before retiring. He's met with twists and turns, compelling mysteries, and hostile townspeople who seem to want the crime to remain unsolved. In the Broomfield Community Players' rendition of the mystery, Frost is played by local actor Wade Livingston, who uses theater as a way to stay busy and channel his creative creativity after retiring from a career practicing law. Livingston explains that as a result of the unsolved case, 
His character experiences a feeling of urgency to finally solve the mystery after 12 long years of, hanging it, of it hanging over his head. Frost has his techniques. He sometimes tries to charm people. Sometimes he tries to frighten them or confront them in order to try to get at the truth. But people are trying to keep secrets that have been hidden for a long time, according to Livingston. Alongside Livingston, Beth Crosby plays Peggy Fletcher, who runs the inn where the play takes place with her husband. When Detective Frost first attempted to solve the kidnapping, he and Fletcher had an affair. When he returns 12 years later, they are forced to grapple with their feelings, leading to another layer of intrigue for the audience. There's something really tense between Frost and Fletcher as the audience tries to understand how things are now. I really feel from the moment that the play starts, the audience is going to be transported, Crosby said. Cat's Cradle will be showing Thursday and Friday at 7 p.m. and April 29th at 2 p.m. at the Broomfield Auditorium. Tickets can be purchased online at bcp.book.com. Ticks.com. Anyone interested in theater, whether they're, they've tried it before or not, is encouraged to check out the Broomfield Council on the Arts and Humanities website for more details about auditioning. We are all volunteer group and our goal is to provide opportunities for adults in our community and neighboring communities to explore or reignite their interest in dramatic arts, according to Ramsey. Willie Nelson's 90th birthday concert features a once-in-a-lifetime lineup of stars. Dozens of artists and thousands of fans will come together at the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles on April 29th through 30th to wish country music icon Willie Nelson a very happy birthday. The on-the-road-again singer-songwriter, musician, and political activist turns 90 on Saturday, April 29th and several of his famous friends and longtime collaborators will be performing alongside him during a special concert to mark the occasion. He certainly seems to be having a moment this year, said Bill Silva, promoter of the Live Nation, Hewitt Silva, during a recent phone interview. If you just look at this year, he won two Grammy Awards and has a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nomination. It really feels like the year of Willie, and it just happens to coincide with his 90th birthday party. This is one of the best lineups we have ever put together for one show, according to Silva. Nelson did pick up a Grammy Award in February in the Best Country Album category for A Beautiful Time and the Best Country Solo Performance Award for his cover of Billy Joe Shaver's Live Forever off the album. Live Forever, a tribute to Billy Joe Shaver. He's also a 2023 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominee along Kate Bush, Missy Elliott, Joy Division, New Order, George Michael, Rage Against the Machine, and several others. The cherry on top of this year, atop his birthday cake, is this massive two-day celebration dubbed Long Story Short, Willie Nelson, 90. 
which is scheduled to include appearances by Allison Russell, Beck, Billy Strings, Bobby Weir, Booker T. Jones, Buddy Cannon, Charlie Crockett, Chris Stapleton, Daniel Onamas, Dave Matthews, Dwight Yoakam, Eddie Burkell, Emmy Lou Harris, Gary Clark, George Strait, Jamie Jackson, and so, so many others, including Ziggy Marley and Nelson's sons, Lucas, Micah, and Micah Nelson. Thank you for joining us for Broomfield Enterprise. My name is Elaine. AINC programming is made possible by funds from the Boulder County and Denver Regional Council of Governments Area Agencies on Aging.